<laughs> we were singing some songs this morning that <laughs> directly directly associated with this. The stone was rolled away. Death was defeated. Death has no power. We've got a world running away and frightened of death. <laughs> it has no power. And by his blood he has made us, in those words of that song, as white as snow, we have become, he has made us as white as snow. I want to read a scripture out of Colossians, out of the Passion Translations. Paul says, I can even celebrate the sorrows I have experienced on your behalf for as I join with you in your difficulties it helps you to discover what lacks in your understanding of the sufferings Jesus Christ experienced (laughs) for his body, the church. There is a greater revelation for us to come into. We can't take this as just a religious observance because it's not. It's to be an ever-expanding experience in our life, in our understanding and that revelation within us of what Christ achieved. And we sing about it and we understand it in part. There's more to come. The power of his resurrection (laughs) is unlimited. Paul spoke about those things, that I might experience the power of his resurrection. And I believe he did after he got stoned and they gathered around him and prayed for him and he got up (laughs) and went off somewhere else the next day. And he spoke about that. You know, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. I knew a man who had this an experience. And I believe God gave him some uh, revelation in that time. And if he'll do it for one, he'll do it for another. He's no respecter of persons. <clears throat> Verse 26, there is a divine mystery. A secret surprise (laughs) that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of the glory for his people and God wants you to know it. (laughs) That's his desire, that we would know all that he accomplished 
in this and that it would be an experience and that would it, it would flow into our everyday walkabout life. That we would take him with us, and we do, but he would be revealed in us. And the power of his resurrection would be embodied in his church. So let's stand. This whole creation is about him because he created it. It's all about him. He created it and then he redeemed it and he is going to perfect it. It is all about him. So let's partake of his broken body. Jesus Mm. his blood's washed us clean let's drink together Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Just going to do the offering teaching. Um, it's good to come off the end of that to talk about this because I wanted to read something out of Second Corinthians eight, one to ver- one verse one to five, and I am reading this out of the Passion, and um, it's Paul talking said, Beloved ones, we must tell you about the grace God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. For even during a season of severe difficulty and tremendous suffering, they became even more filled with joy. From the depths of their extreme poverty, superabundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. For I can verify that they spontaneously gave, not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford, they actually begged us for the privilege of sharing in this ministry of giving to God's holy people who are living in poverty. They exceeded our expectations by first dedicating themselves fully to the Lord and then to us according to God's pleasure. So what we've experienced and heard about this morning, that 
has to have happened in their hearts for this to happen. Because you just can't do it any other way but that experiencing God's grace poured out. (laughs) And that's what it says, the grace. Let me tell you, we must tell you about the grace of God poured out. Now, when, when I read this, I thought, you know, there was no credit cards. There wasn't. So, and did they go into debt? I don't, wouldn't have thought so. But it says, from the depths of their extreme poverty, superabundant joy, so something's happened in here, superabundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity, for I can verify that they spontaneously gave not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. So I don't know what that looked like. Because there was no credit card. You know, they have they didn't put it on credit to pay later. Um, I don't know. It had to be supernatural. And it had to come out of that super abundant joy. So, you know, there, there's it just takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Because it's not about what you've got and what you don't have. And um, and I just wanted to quickly go across um, to Luke where they talk about the widow. Oops, and that's Luke 21.4. And it says... Um, Jesus was in the temple observing all the wealthy wanting to be noticed as they came with their offerings. This is also from the Passion. (laughs) Just for me, um, I've got the King James in my head, (laughs) but when I read this, it's sort of like, oh, it actually brings what's in my head and what's in my heart alive. (laughs) Um, Jesus was in the temple observing all the wealthy wanting to be noticed as they came with their offerings. He noticed a very poor widow dropping two small copper coins in the offering box. Listen to me, he said. This poor widow has given a larger offering than any of the wealthy, for the rich only gave out of their surplus, but she sacrificed out of her poverty and gave to God all that she had to live on. So it's not what you have and what you don't have. Isn't that amazing? That's how God is. It's about the heart. It's not what you have or what you don't have. And um, and so I've been thinking about this and I just wondered if there were people um, in this room that finances may have changed of recent times and um, there's that little, you know that that's true. You know that it's not about the amount, but there's that little niggle that says, I wish I could give what I did before or wish I I could give more than I'm giving. But I'm here to tell you that God says it's not about what you have or what you don't have. There's nothing to do with that because he commended the widow... Because actually she'd just given her whole self to God. 
And the Macedonians had given their whole selves to God. And so something supernatural happened that they were able to give out of their poverty, (laughs) it says. That's astonishing to me that um, Paul was so blessed. And he actually, you know, it's recorded so we can see it. And he, he told all the other churches. He commended the Macedonians because he said, they gave to me out of their poverty. Well, they gave to us out of their poverty. And um, I guess I'm, I'm here today to encourage you. <laughs> Be encouraged. And, um, and I also, I think I've recently quoted this scripture which um, God's been speaking to me uh, of recent times. Um, in Thessalonians 3.13 where it says... Brothers and sisters, don't ever grow weary in doing what is right. And so he's talking about everything. (laughs) He's talking about doing what's right. But I apply it to this. Keep doing what you know is right. Keep doing what you know. Don't back off. We're not of those that back off. And, um, and, And I... In saying that, I'm saying we're not of those that back off, but it's not about the amount. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? You're just pushing through. You're pushing through no matter what the amount is. And and so because it comes out of the heart and if we give ourselves to Jesus and we sow what we've got and we sow what God has, um, has prompted us to do and we do what we know is right, well then that is such beautiful seed for God to just bless it. And you just wait and see what God does. Because, you know, we I've heard it many times, it would have been really good to chase that, um, the widow down the street, to see what actually God did for her. Because she'd given everything. He's not going to let her out there starving, out there on a limb. And um, he, Holy Spirit would have chased her down the street and there would have been a blessing before she even got around the corner, before she'd got home, I believe. And so let's step back and see God do something wonderful and know that it's actually not what, how much or how much you don't have. It's actually about giving your whole life to Jesus, your whole, your whole heart to Jesus and it comes out of that. Isn't that great? Aren't you glad? You know, the, these um, principles are so simple and it's, we're singing today, nothing but the blood of Jesus washes our sins. Well, that's pretty simple, isn't it? <laughs> you can't add to it. You can't take away from it. It's just powerful. And that's where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? So um, I, I think everyone in here knows how to do the giving. You know, we can use that over there or we can um, give online and um, and and let's let's start seeing um, let's ask the Lord to open our eyes to see the blessings that he's given us that we're actually not seeing and um, and let's tell each other <laughs> there's no shame in when God blesses you can I say that 
you know, sometimes you think, oh, I don't, I don't want them, I don't want to be bragging. But you're not bragging on you, you're bragging on God. And, and what you're telling other people is, God's no respecter of persons and what he's done for me, he can do for you. So when, when you see God do something, even it's, if it's really little, because he loves to show off in the little things as well as big things, tell someone. You know, I was really, I didn't have money for coffee and someone came and paid for my coffee. <laughs> you know, tell someone. The good, God is good. God is good. God is good. Yeah, there we are. That works. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's simple, really. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the ladies with the, with the things this morning. I, I, I opened my eyes and I, and I saw them there and I just started laughing. And um, that was good. Because um, I just imagined them at an AFL game. Could you imagine? Could you imagine those ladies with the flags at the at the end of signalling a goal? I reckon that'd that'd liven things up. We could use that as a training video for the uh, for at umpire training. <laughs> this is how you wave flags. <laughs> Glory to God. Hey, um, message this morning. I've got a title for it. Who do you think you are? Has anybody seen that, that program, the Who Do You Think You Are? It, I've seen the ads. I've never, I've never sat through a, a, um, a program. I find it difficult to sit through most television programs. So don't do a lot of that. Um, but I've seen the ads, and I think the premise of it, for those who haven't, not sure what that is, it's looking back into a person's family tree to see, you know, who was in their family tree and what they did and... You know, um, so the title is, Who Do You Think You Are? Well, that's my question this morning to us. Who do you think you are? And, and you know, sometimes that's used in a very... Um, uh, it's used in a way to pull people down. You know? Well, who do you think you are? Um, that's, not the, that's not the way I'm using it this morning. But who do you think you are? Uh, the other uh, couple of weeks ago, I, I um, mentioned a, a, a scripture. Um, it's out of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. and Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that word righteousness in the Greek is equity of character or act. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst... For righteousness, the equity of character or act of who? If we're talking about righteousness, we know who we're talking about. 
for they shall be filled. Scripture in 1 John 4.17, John writes, As he is, so are we in this world. As he is. Now, is is current tense. It's not a, as he was. As he is, so are we in this world. In the Phillips translation for that same verse, says, For we realise that our life in this world is actually his life lived in us. And if you remember a number of weeks ago, Jeff was, had that example of the, of the hand and the, and the glove. So it's actually him within us. We are clothed with him. Clothed with the Holy Spirit. So there's some, a few little things in here that are feeding into to, to where I'm going. Now Jesus prayed for complete oneness with him. We'll read that. It's in John chapter 17. Before he was crucified, he prayed. Prayed for himself, he prayed for his disciples, and then he prayed for all believers, and that's where we're picking it up. Jesus just prayed for, for his disciples. Verse 20 I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. (laughs) I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. (laughs) Now, do you think Jesus would get his prayers answered? Amen. Yeah. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what I hear from the Father. He was praying a perfect prayer. He was praying the perfect will of the Father. So that's, you know, that's something that I revisit often. And, and it's something that we can use as a, as a reminder. Lord, you said, you said that we could be one with you and that we could be one with each other. You said it, Lord. And you only speak the truth. So that is the availability that stands before us. In Matthew 10, Jesus uh, said this. He said, A student is not above his teacher or a servant above his master. 
it is enough to be like him. Now, he was saying that in context of, of um, persecutions that the, the disciples were going to face. In, in that passage, he said, if they call the master of the house, house Beelzebub, what are they going to call you? <laughs> but that principle is, is, is still there. The student is not above his teacher or a servant above his master. It is enough to be like him. Yeah, that's where we're going. To be like him. So our fate in that passage, our fate is aligned with his. So persecution should not be a surprise. And sometimes it is, and we think, oh, what's, what's happening? We're being persecuted. <laughs> no, not a surprise. Shouldn't be a surprise. It's all right, we win. Glory to God. Because he's already won. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter. I know there's quite a few scriptures here and pull them together. 2 Corinthians um, Yeah, we'll read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. There is a theme. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory <laughs> to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So who do you think you are? I can say in, in, in pretty much every instance, more than you think. More than you think. Now, this is not a head knowledge thing. It's not. It must be a revelation in our spirit from his spirit. It must be received by faith. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's not just hearing the word of God. Lots of people hear the word of God and don't mix that with faith. It is hearing the word of God with faith mixed in there. It is receiving the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, it says in Hebrews chapter 11. So where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? It is the word that God speaks regarding a particular thing. That's the evidence. As we take that on board by faith, we will see a manifestation of what it says. So, by example, it says, by his stripes I am healed, but I feel horrible. And, you know, we've all been there. Hello. But there's a choice right there, isn't there? There's a choice in front of us. 
Do I hang on to what God has said and allow that to become a part of my experience? Or do I just give in to, all right, this is the way I feel. And I'm just, that's, that's, that's it. We have an enemy. We still have an enemy. He's still out there. He's still doing stuff. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. It's the choice that is always before us. Um, let's turn to Acts chapter 28 because there's a, a little um, story in here in Paul's experience on his way to Rome on the ship. Enemy didn't want him to get to Rome, so a little bit of uh, natural opposition there, a little bit of bit of a storm. And anyway, they they do what they do. Paul gives them the the uh, the message: don't go, don't don't jump overboard. Nobody is going to die. Stay together. God's told me we're all going to get there. The ship was wrecked. They get to shore, didn't lose a person. And we'll take this up in start of verse 28. Now, when they had escaped, they then found out that they were on the island called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that had been falling and because of the cold. So they find themselves, they're there, um, they're being helped by the locals, they've got a fire going, it's all good, drying out, you'd imagine you'd be wet and cold coming out of the sea after a shipwreck. <laughs> but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw that the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they, saw, they had looked, sorry, but after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said that he was a god. <laughs> yeah. Now, says it was a viper. Now, these are the locals. Okay, they know they know that they know their territory, and a viper came out and fastened on his hand. Okay, um, we know vipers are, are deadly, and so did the locals. That's why they were expecting to swell up and die. But Paul shook the snake off and and went on. Just kept going. It was interesting the the the, the locals' um, assessment of what was going to happen, because they saw they saw the snake, and they said, "Surely this man must have been a murderer. <laughs> Surely this man must have been a murderer. And though he's escaped the sea, he's going to die. Justice will prevail." What was Paul's background? 
What was he involved in, in the persecution of the church? Not to put too fine a point on it, it was murder. (laughs) That was his past. That was his past. So the, event, the enemy caused events that spoke of Paul's past. You know what Paul did? <laughs> Paul gave the enemy a vision of his future. He shook the snake off into the fire. And that's the destination of the enemy, the lake of fire. <laughs> He was not going to be defined by his past because that had been dealt with. (laughs) That was dealt with. He was given the enemy of just a bit of a snake. (laughs) That's where you're going. So do I accept my past or accept my identity in Christ and look to the future? And, you know, our situations might not be as dramatic as, as Paul's, And yet, we are still faced with that decision. Who do you think you are? (laughs) Let's read Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to read out of the Passion. Colossians chapter 2. And from 8 to 10, Paul writes, Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world's system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form and our own completeness is found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. So he is the anointed truth and that's what we're to follow, the anointed truth and not worldly mindsets. Now we're bombarded with so much stuff. There is so much stuff, you know, it's called the information age and, and you know, if you've, <laughs> if you've got one of these devices or or, you know, well, these are the worst culprit. There is so much stuff coming to us all the time. And it's really easy not to get sucked into that, that, um, that world. Now, some of it's good and some of it's, woo, way off. But, you know, and th- this is, the, I'm speaking to me, how much 
of this as opposed to how much of this do we give ourselves to? Because the truth's here. This is the truth. Lots of information and lots of things happening and lots of whatever. Okay, great. All good. And, you know, to an extent. But this is the truth. This is what Paul's speaking about there, that we need to not be clouded, have clouded judgments based on mindset of the world system, but the anointed truth from the anointed one. And we find that in Scripture. Paul also writes that all of God is in Jesus. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt, dwelt bodily in the man Christ Jesus and Jesus is in you. So who do you think you are? <laughs> it's good fun, isn't it? Glory to God. The process of transformation into the image must involve certain components. has to. The word of God has to be present. So how many people walking with Christ today um, ne- never, never, never dust off the word? The only word that they hear is maybe in a church whenever they go. And, and, and that's where it's left. We can't do that. We can't do that and expect God to be able to do what he says. Because it, it is a partnership. It is a partnership with him. As much as we will give ourselves to him. What I started with, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. If we're not in the word, well, that's telling us. I'm, actually, I'm not really hungry. So how then can we be filled? doesn't work. can't work. So the word of God must be present and we need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit for that word to become who we are. His word to become who we are. That means bowing our will to his. Then we become doers of the word and not hearers only. And There's a very practical outworking of that scripture. Um, becoming doers of the word because there is things to do absolutely but that's got to come from what he's already done in us you know um, where is it Uh, the apostle Peter What does he say? Oh, second, second Peter, chapter three. Just at the end of this epistle, uh, verse fourteen. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in Him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord, long suffering of our Lord, is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, 
as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do with the rest of Scripture. So Peter's actually saying now, and, and Paul, you know, Paul's writings, big stack of a big section of the of the New Testament. He said, now some of the things that my beloved brother Paul writes are difficult to understand. That some people take and twist and 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 use incorrectly. And when you read the 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 epistles of Paul, you can see that he's he he actually has to go to some lengths to try and explain the, the concept that I'm the the truth that I'm speaking about this morning. Because it can be taken and turned and, and, and used against you. Who do you think you are? Well, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in the man Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus lives in me and I will be like him. Oh, who do you think you are? Well, well, I, I'm who God says I am. Oh, well. Whatever. It's, it's, it's too hard for some believers to take on board. And you know, if we look to ourselves, it will always be too hard. Because to a very large extent, we, we know ourselves fairly well. And a lot of it's not pretty. But God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he called us anyway. And he said, I'm going to do this with you. Will you let me? Will you let me do what I said I'm going to do? That's all it is. Well, I just want to hang on to this thought that I'm not good enough. Well, in fact, yes, you're not good enough, but he has made you good enough. So you don't have to look to the not good enough, just look to what, he, what he's done and accept that as your own. How often do we default who we are if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation all things have passed away behold I make all things new we can recite it but do we believe it <laughs> and look, I've I've got some, I would say, very good friends, and 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 getting better, as far as friendship is concerned, who would say, yeah, but it's not going to be, it's the the fullness of it isn't going to be until we're we're there with him, and. 
to an extent. It's correct. However, do you want that jump to be a quantum leaf or do you want it to be the next step? <laughs> First John chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, <laughs> that we should be called children of God. He actually brought us into the family. You are my son, you are my daughter. It doesn't get any closer than that. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are, present tense, beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. What are we going to be when he appears? We will be like him. <laughs> what has God got for us to do for eternity? I don't know. It's going to be good. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to look like. And that's all right. But we will be like him. And we're going to see him just as, as he is. And as I said, I don't want that to be a quantum leap. Because we're going, we are being changed from glory to glory as we allow the Spirit to do that within us. And it, just to finish, the, um, that, um, the script, there's some scriptures I read a couple of weeks ago out of Ephesians. I won't read them all again. But Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 just says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly <laughs> above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations who do you think you are if we get a hold of I am who God said I am and diligently and there is diligence involved. You can't be a lazy Christian. There is diligence involved in seeking him through his word and allowing the Holy Spirit to write that word upon our heart. And as we do that, that's the work 
that's the, that's the power working in us. The power working in us will allow him to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And who gets the glory? He does. He gets the glory. God is not going to reveal him, himself in a powerful way in somebody who is self-absorbed or somebody who is taking the glory of what God is doing for themselves. You, you, you disqualify yourself in both those measures. Not going to happen. But to those who give themselves to him, believe what he has said, allowing the Holy Spirit to imprint, to allow that to grow, that which is in us in seed form, to grow. And we're, we're, we're all on stages of growth. And that's fine. But, you know, there's going to be fruit. There's going to be fruit revealed. And the world needs it. Our world needs it. Our world needs the manifestation of the sons of God. I see some people taking some notes. Read and read and read and read these scriptures. Soak in them. Yeah, that's one thing that, um, once again, talking to myself, <laughs> we've got to actually marinate <laughs> in God's word and in his presence. And we're presented with all the distractions on the planet in this age that we're living in. There are so many things that that we can give ourselves to and fill up the, the space between the date of birth and the leave the planet, you know, that dash, okay? But if we're prepared to give ourselves to what God has said, just in the quiet, without distraction, and just allow him to speak to us, he's going to produce something that is going to change this world. And it is the church, and you are the church, and I am the church. And the church is in this city, and in this, in this state, in this country, and around the planet. <laughs> There's many, many, many more people that need to go to heaven that aren't there yet. And we have that commission. So let's be doers of it, <laughs> not hearers only. Let's pray. <sighs> Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the revelation that, that you gave to Paul and I thank you for his diligence in, in explaining and presenting the truth of what you've, you've established, the truth of what you've made available. And Lord, I, I know the enemy tries to distort 
um, that message and, and make it seem what it is not. But Lord, I thank you that you've called us into that relationship. I thank you that you are changing us into the image of your son. I thank you for your prayer, that perfect prayer that said that we could be one in you. And as we allow you to work upon our hearts, Lord, I just pray that you would continue the work that you are doing. Lord, let there be a manifestation of that work that's been produced in that secret place, in that quiet place. Let it be seen outwardly, Lord, and let all the glory be yours. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thanks, Tim. That was a really good encouragement, I thought. Uh, just our weekly announcements. There is a few, so bear with me. Tomorrow there is no playgroup. It is a public holiday, so don't go to work. Unless you work for yourself, of course, then maybe you can um, do that. Uh, Tuesday night we have our ladies' night. <laughs> yes, um, that's at my house. 125 Salus Road, Morong. If you need directions, it is on the members page. I can repost that as well. Um, or come and see me if you need personalised directions. Um, we're also doing a Wednesday morning coffee and chat for the ladies that can't make the Tuesday night. So that's at Beechworth Bakery at 10.30. So feel free to come along to that as well. Wednesday night we have our prayer meeting at 7.30 at the church. Um, I haven't been for a while, but when I was going, they were great, and I assume they still are. So it's always a great thing to come along to if you're free and able to. Thursday morning, there is a parent prayer meeting um, from the parents of the school. Uh, you're more than welcome to come. That's at 9 o'clock, 9 till 10 o'clock in the William Room. So if you're free, prayers for the school are always appreciated. And you don't have to come along and pray for the school. You're more than welcome to do that anytime if you would like. Um, we have some really exciting upcoming events. I'm sure you would have got some nice little pamphlets on your way in. On Saturday the 2nd of July, we have our ladies' breakfast at 8 o'clock. That's at the Spring Gully General Store. So grab one of these ladies if you didn't get one on the way in. Um, if you could just RSVP to Chantel by the 30th of June so we can make sure we have enough, enough seats. Yes, her phone number's on the back too. Oh, it's wrong. Okay. We'll have that changed. <laughs> um, yes, so maybe we'll get that changed or if you see her in person or you can let Rose, myself or Coral know as well. But they're beautiful. Thanks, Sammy. She's done a great job doing these up. Um, oh, my phone's turning off. That's not good. This is why I don't use my phone for announcements, because they turn it off. <laughs> um, we also have a really exciting church family dinner. I think this is great. I'm really excited about this. Um, this is in the second week of the school holidays. 
Um, so grab an invitation. It's got all the details on the back about the times and what's involved. Um, this is going to be great. It's a great time to come together and spend some time together. So I think that'll be great as well. The men, you also have a breakfast. You're not left out. So grab your little pamphlet. Eggs and bacon. Who doesn't like eggs and bacon for breakfast? That's at Tim's house on the 9th of July at 8 o'clock as well. So grab one of those. Um, and lastly, oh, I just grabbed one of these as well, just a reminder. This is on the 16th of June. Our, I think it was called Faith, does it say on there? Faith Runs Deep documentary at the cinemas. So grab one of those as well if you're interested. And just lastly, there is food handling certificate days. So there's two of them, one on the 12th of August and one on the 1st of September. So if you're interested, see Mel Burns about that. She's not here today, but next week, or if you see her throughout the week, if you're interested, um, see her about that. That's all the announcements from me. So um, I hope you have a really great week and really take on board what Tim said. Let's not make church just a Sunday thing. Let's read the word during the week and really soak into it and be transformed every day as we get closer to heaven. Have a great week.